This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, guys, before we jump into what will be a interesting show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. I'm not necessarily a smiley mood today, but when you're in a smiley mood, you want your smile to look pearly and white. And our friends over at Green Mountain Dental will make sure you are looking your best. Head on down there, schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. They'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush so you can have your teeth pearly and white even when you're not going by Green Mountain Dental. But when you do need any work done, Green Mountain Dental is the place for you. They're part of the DNVR family. They'll treat you like family. They'll send you a card on your birthday. Uh, it's just the kind of customer service they offer down there at Green Mountain Dental Group. So check them out. And again, get that free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach May, Sake, and the bar. Three for Mr. B. We are DNVR, and we are live from Studio A, actually. The A stands for a bunch of BS, which is what was out there at practice today. And uh, we are presented by MSU Denver. They're not BS. They're great. Uh, msudenver.edu slash online is where you can go scope out all they have to offer. They have all sorts of different classes and programs that you can get into. And MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So... If you're looking to keep a full-time job while getting your education and furthering education, no better place than MSU Denver online. My boy, what is up, Ryan? You got a nice little tan on. Must have meant you were out at Broncos practice today. And you know what a lot of BS gets you? What's that? It gets you a hot and fiery partner on this Mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah, I quite literally woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Um, So you have one side of the bed. Yes, well, I actually wasn't on the wrong Did side of the bed. Did you roll over? Yeah, I was just like, oh, eh, it wasn't oh. a comfortable wake up. Oh, okay. Um, was like a little rushed. Mm. Then I went out there and let me just preface all of this by saying like, I was so excited to be excited today. Like I went out there and I was like, man, this is going to be awesome. Hopefully Drew makes some big plays. Hopefully Jerry Judy's out there carving people up. Hopefully Cortland Sutton's the same guy we, were, we heard about Cortland Sutton being early, earlier this week. I was so ready to come in here and be optimistic. And 
the Broncos just absolutely squashed that. So I'm just going to oh, tell no. you guys, like, this isn't going to be fun. Oh, no. If, if you are someone who's, like, feeling really optimistic about the Broncos and doesn't want that to get stepped on, it's okay if you turn this off. <laughs> wow. That may be the only time in this show where you've, like, said it's okay to stop listening. It's okay. Uh, I understand and you know someone in the Madden chat was today was saying like I don't understand why you wouldn't have hope and from a fan perspective I totally agree I'm always hopeful about the buffs like they go one and 11 before the season I said they were going eight and four um but that's not what this is going to be today so if you want to keep your hope now's your now's your chance (laughs) wow I mean you've given everyone the opportunity to leave I have um I will say Andre made me in a little bit better mood on bets today thank you Dre Um, so it maybe could have this could have been even worse but Zach that was trash like from the start of practice to the end of practice there's no energy there is no sense of urgency I don't see coaches really doing anything um i'm seeing lackadaisical errors i'm seeing two quarterbacks who can't put the ball in the right place behind guys all day i'm seeing inexcusable turnovers in the red zone looking at you teddy um i'm seeing drew Locke being afraid to throw the ball uh i'm seeing nothing nothing I, i don't have one good thing to say about that practice other than draymond jones was dominant but I'm in such a mood that that just tells me the offensive line was garbage. Here's here's uh here's a way to put today's practice. The loudest that the crowd got that I can remember. And you were kind of over by the crowd so you can tell me if I'm wrong was when Brett Rippin, number <laughs> yeah. 4, took yeah. off for a run down the field. That's what got the crowd hyped the most today. And Ryan there today was just unquestionably the most disappointing day for the quarterbacks collectively. Both of them just very underwhelming. And one of the things you said, Drew not throwing the ball, it seems like he's got to a point of camp where he's now afraid to throw the ball. He's downfield. He's afraid to try to make the big plays, so he's just not doing it anymore. And Ryan, that's not the Drew Locke that any of us want to see. If if he's going to make mistakes, well, then he's going to make mistakes, but at least he's taking chances. Right now, I mean, and, and we do want to see him uh, minimize those mistakes, right? Of course everyone wants to see that, but it can't be at the expense of going through an entire practice with one pass over 10 yards. Yep. One pass. And are you talking about the one to Tim Patrick? Yes. And that was a sack. <laughs> and someone in the comments said, first pass was a Bridgewater t- uh, touchdown to Judy. That was also a sack. Yeah. So it was. it's just so uninspiring. And I've said this from the start of the offseason. I'm in show me mode. I'm not going to believe anything about this team until I see it in real action. The problem is... I'm going the wrong way. Normally, training camp builds me up, and then the season lets me down. Builds you up, Buttercup. Yeah, well, just to let you down. Yes. Well, (laughs) unfortunately, this is going the opposite way. And someone actually (laughs) tweeted at me and said, "It's been bad for five years. Is it worse?" And I said, "No, I'm just better at knowing what bad looks like." (laughs) You've been through this five times. Exactly, and it's bad. I don't honestly. I don't know what the coaches are doing. They're kind of just – it's like a like baseball third base coaches. Just kind of standing out there, spitting some seeds, uh, walking around, saying a couple things. I'm like, somebody yell at somebody. Right. 
Right. And Ryan, this conversation I had with someone today, two different things about it. Did you like what happened with the Giants on Wednesday? Okay, you cannot have your starting quarterback at the bottom of the pile. Everything else I'm cool with. Yes, and I agree. It's good to have that passion. Now, Vic says he doesn't want the fights, and I get that. Mm -hmm. But there was one point in practice today where where McTelvin Ajim hit, uh, I believe it was uh, uh, Cameron Fleming. He he punched him kind of like this, right in the face mask. And the sidelines kind of erupted just in talk. No one actually hit each other, but Ryan... There, there was there was excitement there, and, mm-hmm. and, and not excitement in seeing a potential fight. There was energy. There was juice there, and that's what this whole camp has really been missing, and that's what we don't have. We didn't have today, and it brings me to the second point is, you remember when the San Francisco 49ers came here a couple of years ago, and there was music playing because Kyle Shanahan wanted that, and yep. their players were pumped on the sideline. It couldn't be more opposite. And I think Vic needs to uh, – I was fine with getting rid of music when Vic did it a couple of years ago for focus and everything, but it's very clear. And it's silly and sad that you have to rely on music to try to get these guys going, but you got to do something because it, it feels dull and, and, and underwhelming and uninspiring. It doesn't feel dull. It is dull. <laughs> like football practices inherently aren't the most exciting things in the world, but there should be some exciting moments. Like you said, the crowd cheered for Brett Rippon's 20-yard scramble, the Judy touchdown, which was a sack, and I think that's it. Yep. That's the only time the crowd – like, there's a solid crowd out there today. Mm-hmm. And everyone – like, they're finding more interesting stuff on their phone than what they're seeing out on the field. Um, it's just, It's so uninspiring, and I really did come away just, like, thinking about the coaches. Why is no one? Why is no one raising their voice? Like I realize these are grown men. You can't just chew them out all the time. But I remember very specifically a practice. Bef- uh, I guess it was after the Super Bowl season. Uh, they came out and they were just so lackadaisical, which is pretty. They looked like what is a, just a standard practice this season. But b- back then it looked really lackadaisical. And Gary Kubiak like ran over to the person in charge of the music said cut the damn music he used a a, a more colorful (laughs) word stopped everything gathered everyone around and just tore into these guys for like four straight minutes like we have a super bowl to defend what the f are you guys doing out here this is garbage i can't watch this so get it together or we're gonna run gassers the rest of practice and you know what they did they got it together and they had a good rest of the practice again I'm just I, I'm keying in on the coaches for like minutes at a time. They're not doing anything. So then, Ryan, you really wouldn't like what happened after practice even more. Vic said it, it was a it was a good practice. It was good energy after the day off. He said it was better than the last time they came back after a day off. And uh, so, if if this was better in your eyes, oh boy, what's going on? Exactly. Um, and I don't know if he's just saying that. Um, he could be. He could be. You know, like they're they're defending that. You know, they're defending the team. They want to keep interest high, like all that stuff. Um, I I'd probably say it too if I was in his position. But I just came away being like, these coaches aren't going to last. Mm. The comment they're asking if you think this coach is a defense guy. 
so there was a time in my life where I would have done that. <laughs> but I don't think I can anymore because I know what bad offense looks like in training camp. I've seen it five years in a row. And this is bad offense. And while this defense is good, they're not the ones forcing Drew Locke to throw the ball three yards behind his receiver. Right. You know, like there's time. There's a time where Noah Fant's coming open over the middle. He's not wide open by any means, but he's open. And then Drew throws it behind him, and it gets knocked away. Or Teddy did the same thing. I I think I counted five passes to receivers who could have been thrown open that were thrown behind them. And in fact, even Teddy's touchdown in the uh, red zone period at the end that he threw to Noah Fant was behind him. And I don't know if that if we'll see a highlight of that. From my perspective, it looked like Justin went to knock it away and just missed the ball, and that's how Noah caught it. But that was he he was going across the back end zone towards me. He had to turn away from me to catch it. And that was like all day these guys are throwing behind the receivers. And to me, well, I still think Teddy did win the day by I mean, if if this was baseball, it was one zero. Uh, mm. on like a sack fly. Underwhelming. Very underwhelming. <laughs> boring to uh, watch. Boring to watch. Um if and I think he won the day, but he had by far the worst play of the day, in my opinion. Yeah, with that interception. It's unacceptable. So so let, let's take it through. So they're in a red zone period, working from, what, the five? I mean, they were very close. They're not working like 20 yards the five, out. Yeah. And the, the four, w- w- one of the first plays, Teddy's under center, does a bootleg, and Noah Fant goes across the, the middle of the end zone and is screeching across from middle to left, catches and Teddy throws kind of a dart to get it by Justin Simmons. I thought it was good enough placement, uh, but Justin did dive for it and he looks so disappointed after. So it could have been what you're saying yep. is he know he mi- he missed it by just a couple of centimeters. So in my eyes, good play touchdown for the Broncos. But then I don't know why they're doing this. Speaking of coaches and just things that at least didn't make sense to me, they ran the same play two plays later, the exact same play. And that's not, I'm not trying to excuse Teddy by any means, but because Teddy should have never thrown this ball. Justin's a very smart player. Maybe one of the smartest players in the NFL, Ryan. He saw what was coming the whole play. He goes, Teddy's doing this again. Noah's doing this again. I'm just going to jump the route. And that's what he did. I couldn't even see, and I had the the angle of kind of way behind Teddy. I couldn't even see Noah because it was just Justin right there. Inexcusable play. When I tell you Noah Fant was never open for a millisecond on the entire play, he was not open for any moment at any like, and I'm watching the same play uh, uh, develop, and I can see that Justin, he's like, he's not even running. Yeah, he knows exactly where Noah's going. He's just beating him to the spot. Yep. And Teddy just throws it right to him. Yep. Like, uh, just unacceptable from the four yard line, and who knows what down it was, but it wasn't fourth. Right. Um, so just some bad stuff. Drew's interception, not nearly as bad. It's still bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, blitz comes from the safety position. They sent, I think seven on the play blitz comes from the safety position. Drew tries to throw it over him, jumps up, tips it intercepted by the defensive line. Those things happen, uh, but still not good. And then there's this weird dynamic Zach going on with the reps. Did you count them up? Uh, I have not counted the reps up. By my unscientific numbers, I think Teddy Bridgewater got more reps today. He also got more reps on Wednesday, according to you guys uh, who were there. 
So that is interesting. Well, and I'll circle back to why it's interesting here in a second. Late in the practice, you've got to move the ball, period. The most exciting part of practice. Yep. And the uh, most meaningful. And I'm saying as Drew gets out there, I literally said this is a 0-0 tie. Someone got to do something. Right. Well, Drew on the first play does hit Tim Patrick. They didn't whistle it dead, but the whole defense is yelling sack, 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 sack. The coaches are kind of nodding along with them. It was a sack, uh, especially since the offense is not getting any benefit of the doubt today. Um, so then they just run the ball. So they actually move the ball to the spot. So I'm thinking, okay, they're trying to build some confidence here, you know, give them a little bit of credit. Yeah. They run the ball two more times. Mm-hmm. And then Drew just comes off the field. Teddy goes in. <laughs> for and, a run play. One and run he play. hands the ball off. And that's it. And that's it. And then they go reset it for Teddy. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? Mm-hmm. I, I honestly looked to see if Drew was like seeing a trainer. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't. Um, so they just didn't let Drew finish his own move the ball period. They let Teddy finish that period. And then they gave Teddy his period. And that the combination of that, and we'll wait until you have the numbers. But I believe Teddy got more uh, first-team reps and just reps overall than Drew today. Tells me they might be starting to develop a favorite. Mm, and Ryan, to go on your coaching staff rant just a little bit more, we've heard from Vic that he's open to giving one guy maybe all the first-team reps in a certain practice or going 80-20 and then flipping it the next day to let these guys get in a groove. Because that's what happens in a real game, right? Guys get in a groove. Maybe they start three and out, but then they find a groove right after. It's hard to do that. And Vic's Vic's acknowledged that, that it's hard to get in a groove when you're being taken off and two other quarterbacks are going in front of you. Uh, And then we talked to Pat Shermer on Wednesday, I believe. And Pat said, yeah, I like that idea of doing that. They didn't do it today. I asked Vic after practice if they're going to change anything up. They're not doing it. I would be surprised if they did that in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So we're or at gonna, the stadium practice. Right, exactly. So we're going to see a uh, uh, an entire more week of this go through where they're not doing something that they want to do. And, Ryan, we're getting to the point where there's barely any separation between these guys, and our quarterback scoreboard reflects that. We need to do something to find separation right now. And, honestly, no separation is kind of the worst-case scenario for the Broncos right now. And Vic would even say that because Vic said he wants to see separation, and we're not seeing any separation. And it's not that there's no separation because both guys are playing well. Right. It's just not. Yeah. Like, there was – you could count on half a hand the good – like the good quarterback plays that happened today. And I don't even know if – I don't – I mean, they're very limited. Um, Teddy Bridgewater had a nice throw to Trinity Benson – Drew Locke in seven on seven had a nice throw to Cortland Sutton. Endless. There's the other two plays that I think were sacks. Yeah, but, but the, I mean, there were so many sacks. Some, the defense just absolutely right there, right away. So good on the defensive line. Some where they're just holding the ball on too long. Ryan, one of the things that I'm getting very concerned about uh, is not Drew Locke's decision-making when he throws the ball, but the quickness Mm -hmm. of decision-making, and that was really evident in seven-on-sevens today. He had multiple sacks in seven-on-sevens. Or just very scary. whistles, because there's no rush. Right, exactly. (laughs) Blown whistles is something that really is inexcusable. You at least want to practice throwing the ball away. Uh, and so that it, it, that's concerning to me, and it, we're seeing it bleed over into team as well. That's something that that's concerning, and also these these interceptions in the end zone from both quarterbacks. And today, Teddy, that's concerning as well. Yeah, um, like I said, uh, you. I mean, people who listen to the show know I'm an optimistic guy, 
I can't, I went to practice saying, give me five good things to talk about, and I will use most of the podcast talking about those things. They just weren't there. The defense, yes, they're good. But to me, it doesn't even feel like they're having to work that hard. Yeah. No, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. And now it feels like the defense is really picking up steam. Mm -hmm. The first couple days, it was the offense really punching the defense, when, and they punched back, and it was a fair fight. Now it just seems like the defense is dominating. It's almost like people want to talk about, oh, well, maybe the defense is doing the offense a service by showing them how hard it is. And, and, and again, my, maybe it's just because I'm in a mood today. I feel like the offense is doing the defense a disservice by not giving them any good looks. Mm-hmm. Right. By the way, no formational creativity, no play creativity. You don't <sighs> like that end around? The end around that went for negative 10 <laughs> yards. <laughs> Where you have Teddy Bridgewater out there blocking. Blocking, yeah. Uh, yeah. Blocking Bradley Chubb. <sighs> that would have been bad. Yeah, that would have been, uh, <laughs> been Drew time at that point. <laughs> um, it's just rough. I wanna. There's a lot of comments coming in, so I want to give... Um, the people a chance to have their voice heard. We'd normally, you know, stick to the comments on the podcast, but I want to get to some of these in a second. So uh, we, we will let you guys speak because I actually can't read them. So I'm just curious what people are saying on top of all of it. <laughs> um, but before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Hassle Cattle Company. You've heard of damn good beer. Hassle Cattle has damn good beef. And uh, I'm telling you guys, I just try to tell as many people as I can about this because I know if they actually listen to me and order this, I'm going to get a text in the next couple weeks saying, oh my God, you were so right. And I like being right. Um, maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm not so high on the Broncos right now. <laughs> um, it's the best. Uh, it's absolutely the best. And you can get three, uh, buy three flank steaks, get one free right now when you use the code DNVR flank. You can get 10% off your whole order when you use the code DNVR10. And if you go over $200, and trust me, you'll want over $200. By the way, that'll get you a lot because it's pretty affordable. Mm -hmm. uh, but you'll get free shipping. So check out uh, Hassle Cattle Company and get in on all that great stuff. And speaking of the best, Ryan, the best over at Ball. I'm talking about Ball Arena, that company that has their name on the Nuggets and the Avs Stadium. They want to bring you in. They want to give you a job. And they are adding to their line capacity to their 400 person plant here in golden colorado they want to hire you because they're making billions hundreds of billions of cans every single year they're a sustainable company they're a great place to work my aunt julie just started working there has only fantastic shout things out, to julie. say shout out she listens to the pod so Aww. big shout out there uh and she only has fantastic things to say about ball so get in with ball and how you get a job with them is text 77222 or text golden to 77222 that's g-o-l-d-e-n to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden to land a job at ball check them out also you can get a uh, great deal right now to become a dnvr member sign up for 59.88 get a 60 dollars gift card uh to the store which you can get a ton of stuff two shirts shirt and a hat if you want to mm, just copy this outfit combo. um there's all sorts of awesome stuff and we've got new bronco shirts coming so get ready for that um yeah and check out all of the so you you sign up and you get all of our stuff and then we give you a gift card for more money for more money you than you even paid, paid. Yep. yeah wow it's a it's a pretty great deal it's a bold strategy from our end i i'm not in charge of it, so <laughs> I, no i don't i won't get yelled at about this um but yeah and you can read the quarterback scoreboard which i think it's still going to be close after today yes it will um but 
Couple practices in a row for Teddy. Mm-hmm. Yep, a couple of couple of close practices, but you keep stacking those days. Yeah. That's consistency, and I think what this thing is going to come down to is consistency and safe play. I, I I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'm starting to get the feeling that the right. coaches are leaning Teddy. And boy, does it feel like maybe Drew is getting the idea of don't turn the ball over, don't turn the ball over, don't he turn the ball play over. like that. You got to be can't, the best can't. version of yourself. Don't not you get that feeling else. though? Yes. I don't know how you're not throwing like. In my opinion, as he's standing back there just looking around in seven-on-seven, he's saying, like, well, not throwing it's better than throwing an interception. Right. Taking a sack is better than a pick. And in reality, it is. But this is seven-on-seven. Right. The offense should have a massive advantage in seven-on-seven. And it's not like you're not – it's not like the weapons aren't there. I mean, how many times have we talked about the weapons? Yeah. It's Cortland Sutton. It's Jerry Judy. It's Noah Fant. Those guys are – someone's open. Doesn't it seem like every day, except for Wednesday, Jerry Judy is the star on offense? And then it's kind of like, oh, yeah, the, Tim Patrick made, made, made a play mm-hmm. here or there. But, but you're not having star moments left and right from all these different guys that we view as stars. I know. And does that fall back on the quarterback? I don't know. But what I will say is you just said it. We view them as stars. But – if we walked out on Colfax right now and just talked to a non-Broncos fan, someone, I don't know, they're wearing a Steelers jersey after their big uh, preseason win last night, <laughs> and just said, like, hey, um, what do you think of Cortland's up? Do you think they would say, oh, he's an NFL star? No. I don't think so either. Do you think they had no Tim Patrick? Nope. No. KJ Hamler? No. Yeah. Um, Kareem Jackson, star? No. So... The st- Justin Simmons also does not get the respect outside of the country. I was going to say, the state. and again, I don't think the average NFL fan says like, oh, Justin Simmons, one of the best safeties in the league. No. So the question is, are we viewing these guys as stars because we're comparing them against the rest of the Broncos, which is a five and 11 team last year? That's, that's a tough question. The one that I'm like very confident in this guy's a star if he holds on to the ball, is Jerry Judy. Yeah. Like, that guy is an elite NFL talent. I am too, and Ryan, I have, I just have no question that he's the Broncos' number one receiver. Is Bradley Chubb an elite NFL talent? No. I don't think so either. Not, not eight sacks from a top five pick is not elite. And again, the wreck, you, like, the last year, injuries. I'll give that excuse. But it's not like these guys have stacked up great seasons before that, so... Sometimes I wonder if our perspective is a little skewed just because we're looking at it too closely instead of looking at it on the whole. Yeah, it's a great point. And speaking of Jerry Judy, he had his first drop today, which I don't say that in a bad way. I say that in an encouraging way. way, He went seven whole practices without a drop. With that being his biggest question mark coming into this season, I actually applaud him. Now, if he keeps stacking those drop days where he has another drop tomorrow, another drop, then we're going to say, oh, no. Did he just have a good week? And now it's the real Jerry Dews. I don't think that's going to happen. But if this maintains where it's one drop every eight games, Ryan, he has two drops this season, we're going to be talking about an absolute star with no downside. Jerry Judy's always open, except for maybe two or three plays today. And that's because Patrick Sertan mm, is starting to-, to pick up on what Jerry Judy's doing. And these are honestly maybe the two guys that I am most encouraged about on the team. One of them is a second-year guy. The other has never played a snap in the NFL. Mason and I did our lifeboat boys the mm-hmm. other day, and I said, mm-hmm. you only get three. Mm-hmm. Those are two of them. Judy, Sertan, Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles. Holy cow. Yeah. That is something else.
the positional value. I mean, Justin Simmons might be yeah. a better player. Uh, I think he is a better player. Yeah. But the positional value of left tackle, you have to hold on to him. See what you did there. Got to hold on well, to him. No, I wasn't doing that. <laughs> he doesn't deserve that. All right. I'm sure a lot of people are upset. I'm upset too, so let's all be upset together. I was going to say, you told the people to yep. ask questions. All right, and let's, let's get to them. Let's let the people speak. Why do you hate Drew? Oh, wow. <laughs> I want, a, a few people have said this, so I want you to have time to clarify. All I can say is RK is the biggest Drew hater out there. <laughs> Everyone knows I'm a Drew guy. Yes. I like Drew. Yes. I, I've been saying from the start, the best thing for the Broncos is Drew to be the guy without a doubt it's not even comparable and like i said i wish i could have come on this show and been like mace is crazy drew is balling out teddy people are out of their mind he didn't do anything for me to right. hang my hat on today there was one uh throw inside the red zone he like fitted in a tight window to noah on the goal line mm -hmm. good i liked that he trusted his arm and let it rip yep but i'm not i'm not a, i don't hate drew i like drew a lot no especially as a guy right i want him to succeed yeah and just today from both of the quarterbacks so underwhelming ryan you touched on it just how inaccurate both of them were i mean drew was thrown low teddy was thrown way behind right. uh, just all the time it, it it was a really bad day terrible what else um ryan here saying given what we know on peyton if it's needed to happen when does he pull the plug on the coaches during the season or at the end of the season <sighs> So I've actually been the other side of this. I've been the one saying, I'm pretty sure they're going to get the season. I don't, I mean, I'd have to see the way they coach up in Minnesota to know like that. Now he's looking at his guys being like, what are they doing out there? <laughs> All right. Um, I, I kind of thought he liked Vic, but if they start, God forbid, I'll touch wood. If they start one and three, oh, and four, the seat is definitely going to be hot. A rough September is the absolute worst thing for Vic Fangio and again that I think and that's unfortunate for Drew but that's why I think Drew can't be close with Teddy in this competition Drew's gotta even if it's just a little separation he's got to be the one on top he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt because Vic knows I have two seasons zero wins in September under my belt I have to get not just a win Ryan if they're one and three oh my gosh and then you have a really tough part of your schedule coming up you're going to be hosed. Yep. And I think if it's a close season, I think if they're flirting with 500, if they're two and three, then three and four, Vic keeps his job the entire season. Because I don't think George Payton wants to come here and blow things up. We saw that this year. Yep. George Payton didn't want to make any big moves. He didn't go after a quarterback. He didn't make any coaching moves. But if this thing is off the rails, I think George is going to have to say, okay, I can't lose credibility being the general manager. I can't let uh, a one in seven team go without any changes. Then I do think he makes a move. Uh, and I think that he, he doesn't just go to, uh, you know, the quarterback coach or Mike Munchak. I think he goes to Zach Azani and says, is there an up and coming guy that maybe I can find a gem out of, which is the way he should approach it. The one young energetic coach on the staff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, what else do we got? All right, Tyler here saying, how much of the throw-behinds that we're having are because we aren't building chemistry with one QB? Receivers are going harder, Sutton coming back, Judy dominating, Fant making plays, but not from a single quarterback. It's certainly not helping. Yeah. I mean, we can't say what's causing the issue because mm -hmm. we you know, we're not out. We don't know who the court, what the quarterback is thinking, but it's definitely not helping that the quarterbacks aren't getting 100% of the reps to build chemistry with these guys. And I'm certainly not going to give the quarterbacks that pass either, though, because they shouldn't be throwing it behind. But it doesn't help. 
if we talk about it, Peyton Manning would never give up half his reps. He wouldn't give up two reps mm-hmm. in a practice for someone else. This is certainly hurting. How many um, like team reps are the quarterbacks averaging per player per day? Um, I think it's like 20 reps per day. Passes? No. So about 20 reps, maybe 13 throws. Yeah. Um, so it should be 26, right. right, for the first team quarterback. Yep. Or maybe it's 20. 20 throws out of 25 and they're just losing out on that it's difficult for the receivers too because it's two very different balls Mm -hmm. now i haven't seen too many problems with the receivers dropping passes obviously tyree cleveland had his issues we talked about judy's been great um courtland haven't seen anything tim haven't seen any problems so that's not messing them up that bad but there's just something to be gained from having a rhythm with the quarterback you know kind of like the goal is to throw it right as the guy's right before he's coming out of his break, so it's there right as he comes out of it. It's a different throw for each guy. It, it's just it's not helping. That's you know, all I can say. After practice, Vic said Baron Browning and Jamar Johnson. Jamar Johnson just had his first practice today. Baron Browning has not been out there. He said they're way behind. And he said the only way they've been in meetings, virtually or in person, the only way they can make that up is by getting on the field and playing. Makes me think of the quarterback position. Uh, both of those guys are out there. Neither of them are way behind one another. But compared to the rest of the league, Ryan, a week and a half into training camp, both of these guys have had half the reps that every other quarterback has had. Just naturally connecting the dots, you can say they're way behind the rest of the NFL. Yep. And they're going to be until they make this decision. Let me ask you this. Zach By asked it to me while we were standing on the hill today. I, I heard him ask him to ask it to Stokely uh, on their show when I was driving over here. Do you think the Broncos oh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to phrase it differently than he did, and all, then I'll say what he said. Um, do you think the Broncos are going to be the better team when they step on the field with the Vikings? think they're going to win the practices? No. Okay, I don't either. Do you think that they're in for a wake-up call when they stand on those field? Remember when we sat out there and we watched – the, Vi- or the San Francisco 49ers come yep. out on the field, huddle up. Yep. They're getting each other hyped, and then they went and they just punched the Broncos in the mouth. Yep, and this was a, a 49ers team that went to the Super Bowl that year, yep. but that didn't do anything before. It's not like they were the NFC Super champs coming in with all yeah. the confidence. Yeah, They had the, just gone like 6-10 and 10 or something. Yeah, exactly. Vance Joseph was just fired, so it means that actually Kyle Shanahan was worse than Vance Joseph the past two years. To that point, years. yes. Yep. Um, do you think that's – they're in for a similar awakening when they get to so. Minnesota. I think so. I think so too. And it's not necessarily a talent thing because I don't think Minnesota is that much talented them. It's an urgency thing. I just, the way they practice is so slow. It's slow. It's, it's boring. Um, and it really feels like there, there's no hype. And hey, Ryan, they say that a, a team takes the identity of the head coach or the quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. And they don't have a quarterback. And the quarterback that they could take the identity of, you know, probably the one that's a little more fiery, is Drew, you would think. He doesn't look like himself. He's not himself he, at he, all. He's, he's not out there. I mean, honestly, props to Teddy. He's the only guy trying to do something, and it's it's jumping in the huddle. It's bouncing yes. in the huddle. That's what they're doing, and Teddy does it every time, and it's it's great he's doing something but it's bouncing in the huddle. That's the most excitement we get. Yeah. Um, like the f- best, like most exciting part of the practice today is after Justin Simmons interception, he's like jokingly taunting 
the sideline and then the ref like runs over and throws a taunting flag, <laughs> but they're like laughing. Like that was like the fun part of practice. Right. Today. I didn't, there's not really um, a lot of celebrating going on when a player makes a big play. Like you'll hear a little like cheer from their side of the ball. Right. And then like one or two guys on their side will go tap them on the back or whatever. Yeah. But I think it was, I think it was Fangio in his first year. No, it was, I think it was Vance Joseph who said like, if someone makes a big play, Go celebrate. Right. Go run down there. Jump around them. Like, have right. some fun out right. here. It's supposed to be fun. It's football. Yeah. They're not having fun. What else do we got? Um, We've got people saying, bro, you weren't kidding, RK. With your- <laughs> <laughs> Caught me on the wrong day. Um, Rhett here saying, I'm scared that the QB question is pointless because the OC is toothless. Well, you don't have to convince me of that. <laughs> um, uh, it, a quarterback can come in though and uh, make some checks at the line we know that they're given a little bit of power of that but also they can come in and hit their guys and and make the open reads that's another thing that uh not necessarily today but in in past practices this week drew there's been something open and then he's taken the check down because i can only imagine I, i don't think it's because he's not seeing it because he is going through his progressions better this training camp it's because he's just he's he's too afraid to take that, and it's crazy that in this week, so Monday to today's practice, with no practice yesterday, Teddy has by far taken more shots than Drew. It's not how it should be. Yep. He should he should be winning this not by trying to be Teddy. Yeah, and Allie, don't be afraid to bring up like critical comments if they're out there. Uh, She's like, we got plenty. Dropped out of Freddie B has just commented that he's just bummed and he just wrote, damn, y'all ruined my optimism I, for this season. I gave you, I told you to leave <laughs> if you didn't want that to happen because uh, it happened to me today and I didn't want, I didn't want to have to have, drag everyone down with me, but I got to be honest with you guys. I'm not going to lie to you. You know what? You know what Joe Ellis said when he sat up there and talked to us the day before training camp? He said mm. every year, the, the, the phrasing is very interesting. He said, every year I've come up here and spewed optimism. Those were his words. Yep. He said, I'm not going to do it this year. Yep. That was Joe Ellis. That was Joe Ellis, the president of the team. The controlling owner. And that's where I'm at. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you guys and say like, oh my gosh, Draymond Jones is a beast and like not tell you all the other crap that happened out there today. Yeah. It's, it, that's, that's very fair. And that's where we are after five seasons of this. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's a hundred percent like wearing down the brake pads, right? Like they're just, there's not a lot left to grip onto. And also it's seeing what this means in the future, because we've seen dominant defenses in these past five years. We've seen good receivers and good tight ends in training camp. And those can translate to the regular season, Ryan, but it all comes down to the quarterback position and the Broncos haven't had it. And when they had it with drew, they went four and one. The team, the team was good enough to succeed, but then when they didn't have it last year, when Drew leads the league in interceptions, they're not, uh, they're, they're a five and eleven team. They're yeah. a top ten pick team, and so that's why just the fact that there's no separation at this quarterback thing is scary. Because if you don't have a court, if if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have not, or you don't have any really. Right. Totally. Okay, Bree here saying, Grumpy Ryan is making me sad, LOL, but disheartened (laughs) seems like a rational response. If lackluster practice leads to less injuries, it'll be worth it. I hope it picks up over the next few weeks. That's one way to look at it. Great spin. (laughs) Great spin. And and there hasn't been a lot, touch wood. Yeah. Um, You know, but there's also just not real football happening out there. Right. And so, I mean, 
I asked Vic today because he, he was asked about Caden Stearns, and he said, well, we have to see him tackle. He gave very high praise for Caden Stearns, by the way, rookie safety who had an interception today, who also... Uh, uh, I like him. He's electric. He is, and, and he, he's picking up the defense really quick, according to Vic. Um, but then Vic said, but we haven't seen him tackle. And so I said, well, how important is the tackling part of this in your evaluation? And he said, tackling is the most important thing on defense. It's the most important thing. And the Broncos haven't been able to evaluate that at right. all. Just the same way that scoring is the most important thing. <laughs> no, right. um, Jared then said, Grumpy Ryan is a rare occurrence, but I don't know if I can handle it, to be honest. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. If, you know, there was a day I remember. Um, I actually think it might have been Jared who tuned in on a, on a day like this where we were talking about, like, what if everything goes wrong for yeah. the Broncos? <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's like once a year where I'm just like uh, – I don't have the optimism in me today. I, you know, I certainly don't have it today. That well, means you guys are all going to have to tune in to these weekend pods, especially <laughs> Sunday. We'll get a positive, RK. Possibly. Um, well, speaking of that, Kenny said, I usually hear how great the team looks around this time of year, and then we suck. Maybe now the opposite? the opposite. And that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Look, I've been wrong five years in a row, right. so maybe I'll be wrong again. <laughs> right. Because um, I, didn't, I don't think I touched on this in the first um, segment, but like this is the first time ever that – I'm lo- I, at the, right now. If you ask me to give you a win prediction, it would be lower than what I gave you before training camp. Started. Yeah, that is that's shocking. Yeah. And you were right around 500. Yep, I was right around. Uh, I think I said nine wins originally. So right now, I have to imagine you're kind of floating around that six and eleven. So I'm at yep. Yeah, I'm at set. I, I would probably say seven right now. Okay, seven and ten came down two games. Yes. Yeah, and that that's fair. Uh, I, I'll throw a bit of optimism in here. Something that we haven't fully talked Let's about. Let's go, baby. You, you've mentioned his name. Draymond Jones was awesome. a, a monster today. And again, you hope that's because he's a monster and not the offensive line looking really bad. But I mean, the first play where Teddy threw the touchdown uh, on the left sideline to Jerry. Uh, Teddy did not hold on to the ball too long, so I'm not going to discount him for the throw. Right, right. Draymond was there. He was. Right away, right in his face. Two plays later, Draymond there again. I think that was actually blown dead as Give a sack. sack. And then Drew was sacked two times by Draymond. So Draymond had three Maybe or four, four sacks today in practice. It reminds me of Von Miller. Remember when he would just ruin practices? That's how good Draymond Jones was. Today. Was he out there today, Von Miller? Yeah. Oh. Unfortunately. Wouldn't have known. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bradley Chubb? Yep. He practiced? Yep. He was out there. Cool. Okay. So we've got a bunch more. So let's... Just kind of answer these a little bit. All right, more let's go quickly. rapid fire. Um, D line dominating because of O line struggling, or is it them just being good? I've I've been around Eric Weedham so much. That <laughs> I know. D line dominating. Too. I was like, yeah, D line is dominating. I thought he dominates D-line every and week. Then online with D line. <laughs> right, right. Oh, O line with D line. Online. Um, so, so the question was, is the D line dominating because the O line is struggling? I want to say it's the D-line dominating, but Ryan, they're rotating guys in and out like crazy. I mean, Marquis Spencer's getting a lot of time with the ones. You have Deshaun Williams getting a lot of time with the ones, and those guys are still doing really well. So it makes me think, what's the constant here? It's the offensive line. And it's not the exterior it's of not. the offensive line. It's the, it's interior. the interior. Yeah. Um, Kush looks stronger. He looks a little more sturdy. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been great. Nope. Graham Glasgow... He was my, what did we do, the weakest link? <laughs> yeah. He might be Goodbye. the weakest link on, uh, on offense. Which... Speaking of him really quick, after practice, uh, Vic was asked, who's someone out of anyone that stood out to you? Said Natani Muti. Yeah. I, lo- uh, I love me some Muti. Um, okay. Okay, keep going. 
Kenny says bulls should be a lesson on early panic. With it's prospects, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the one that I guess there's more evidence of non-quarterbacks um, figuring it out as time goes right. on than there are of quarterbacks. Now, a lot of that is because in 2021, quarterbacks just don't get the chance right. to figure it out over long sample size. And that was one of the reasons why I was pulling for Drew to win this competition. So I thought, man, it's pretty rare for a guy to get what would end up being two point three years or whatever to figure it out if he yep. got this whole season. So maybe he does turn it around and get yeah. it rolling and right. that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't think we're panicking on any of the young, young players. No, not but at all. Bulls, absolutely uh, a great story. And as to why you shouldn't, you know, uh, freak out over guys too early. Speaking of guys that want to turn it around, Josh Allen turning it around. Do you see that payday? Whoo, holy cow. 150 mil. Guaranteed. $43 million a year. Deserves wow. it. Wow. What are the odds that Drew Locke's getting that contract in two years? Very low. Okay. <laughs> uh, 5%. Okay. I mean, you're pretty good at setting the odds, so I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what that translates 20 to. 20 to 1. And, yeah, 20 to 1. Yeah. So plus plus uh, 2,000. Yep. Uh, might be even. <laughs> yeah, when you put it like that. Plus 5,000, <laughs> All, All right. right. We have two questions that are pretty similar. One is, do you guys think Peyton made the right decision round one of the draft? The other is, how bad is it now that we passed on fields? Okay, so mm -hmm. did he make the right decision in round one of the draft? Here's what it comes down to. Is Justin Fields a competent quarterback? An above-average quarterback? I if think so, so. If so, the answer is no. He what did do you not think make the right, decision. right now? Well, I don't know. I haven't seen anything. I haven't been reading about Bears camp, so I just don't know. Um, but we're going to find out fixing to find out yes we um, are i don't know if it'll be even as soon as week one i don't know what their plan is out there um if justin fields turns out to be and this is where it gets muddy because if he's good not great and right. let's say he has an andy dalton-esque career right then i guess you look back and say well maybe not but what was the broncos quarterback situation for the you know his career maybe next year the broncos find their guy he's better than justin fields and he made the right decision there's a lot of dominoes that have to fall and Pat Sertan, awesome. Yep. He's awesome. He's shown only good things. Yes. So when he says he made the safe decision, I think he's absolutely right. He did make the safe decision. He's going to get a, a pro bowler out of it probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just we have to wait to see how the dominoes fall. If Justin Fields is good, then no. And there's no way George Payton can escape that. Right. Throw Mac Jones in there too, and that's a, that's a bad situation because if, if he's going to succeed anywhere, I think a lot of people thought – you don't want to go in San Francisco or New England. Yep. By the way, Trey Lance, my QB uh, two, looking very, very good. Out yes, there. he is. He's going to be the quarterback. Okay. I think so as he should. Be. We have Luke here saying, "I just joined and I'm confused on why the optimism is gone now. <laughs> Would you like it was to a explain? rough practice. Go back and watch the live, <laughs> or go back and listen to the podcast." So you yeah, I warned that everyone that it was a bad day, uh, and, and honestly, all all the none of the practices I've been to have been good. Mm -hmm. Today was just the worst one. It would finally, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. right. Robert here saying this is a depressing podcast, but everything they are saying is true. Uh, Kenny said I listen to you guys every day on my truck drive. Love, 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 love. Love you, oh, Kenny. Oh yeah, Kenny. Thanks um, for listening. In. Then we've got Marcos here saying, "Are the Nuggets now Colorado's team?" Nope. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Nuggets too, and I love the Avs, and I, I even love the Rockies. That would take. Um. It's uh, years and years of the same 
paths they're on. Right. But, I mean, go in the direction and championship and a championship. Right. right. Um, Bradley here saying, "Who will have more win wins, Broncos or the Buffs?" Well, it's funny because <laughs> I walked in and I was just telling Henry while well, I was in well, I, I was in such a bad mood after that practice, and he was like, "Well, the Buffs look great." Yay! <laughs> and then he goes. According to Carl Durrell. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, you don't get to watch. According to Vance Joseph, the, he would have kept his job. Yeah, yeah. Um, so who's going to win? I, I mean, the Buffs have a lot fewer opportunities, especially say. now that the Broncos have an extra game. Right. It better be the Broncos. So it better be the Broncos. Or <laughs> yeah. another coaching search. Oh, so with that, and, Andrew says, what's the end of the season record prediction now? Well, we, and I just gave that. Um, I'm at seven and ten right now, and and I was at eight and nine, and I'll, I'll go down a game. Yep. So we're both God, we're both sitting that. at the same spot because this team is is too good to be terrible. Right, and and it's funny because when and I hate that I'm even bringing up this name. I really don't want to, um, but I'm gonna do it anyway. When the Aaron Rodgers dream died, I was like, all right, time to turn okay. the page, flip the switch. Focus on these guys. Mm -hmm. And now as I'm watching, I'm like, all oh, right, that's why we wanted that so much. <laughs> um, I want to see them try that drill, throwing to the basketball hoop in the back of the end oh zone from gosh. 50 yards away. Oh, my gosh. Just insane. Okay. What else? Um, we've got... Well, how many minutes in are we, by the way? 48. Okay. We're going we're gonna to get these are, a couple these are more here ones. real quick. Look, these are the last ones okay, that cool. I've got. Uh, these are the ones I favorited. A lot of sacks today. How's the O-line depth looking? The O-line depth is okay. Um, I think it's it, better than it has been. There's two pieces that you really like. Calvin Anderson yep. a, as a swing tackle. Bobby Massey getting, the get, getting today, so it seems like now maybe they're on a good rotation. Uh, but whoever doesn't win that job is going to be very good depth. And then Muti. I mean, Vic's noticed it. I've noticed it. He looks even stronger than he was last year. Uh, you do wonder about center, though. Because it's not even a competition. What happens if Lloyd Cushenberry struggles? He has improved, but how much has he improved? Is it Glasgow? Glasgow that slides over? You got to get Muti on the field if you take someone off, though. Right. He's your first option to turn to. Yep. Um, it's exciting with Muti because we haven't really had something like this to look like a high potential offensive lineman that people are excited about. Um, it, it's just interesting to me. George Payton's not the one who gave Graham Glasgow that contract. Right. So that's a good point. Is there a time here where he starts to give Mooty some first team reps just to see? Yeah, he might. It doesn't hurt. And it's almost too late now, though, to experiment with a new mix because I would like right. to see if Glasgow can thrive at center. It's right. not happening for him on uh, at his current position. And and it's not going to happen. I think you said it. it's too late in. We're too far. Probably. Probably too far down the road. All right. What else? Okay. We've got, will the offense be as good as the defense is good? Will the mm, offense be as bad, bad. as the defense, bad as is, the good. defense good. is good? That's been the story every year. You hope not. And you hope that, Brian, I really do believe that the Broncos are going to try to run the ball more than any other team in the NFL. Now, if they get down because of an early uh, interception thrown or something like that, then that's really going to throw off their plans. But I think that's what they're going to try to do going into the season and really try to take pressure off. But then your offensive line has to be good for that to happen. Um, so the defense we expect to be top five. In fact, five is like the floor. That Yes, it's disappointing if they're outside it's of that. It's the acceptable floor. Um, is the offense going to be bottom five? 
All they, they have to be is average. Be. All they have oh, to be is average, goodness. and this team will be okay. But uh, I don't know. Um, I don't. I wouldn't. If if you gave it, it, like, I wouldn't predict it. I think the defense will be better than the, the offense, offense is bad. bad. I do too. I do too. Okay. Then we have Vanessa here asking, is Locke scared of this QB competition? He said he's never been in a competition before, so he's maybe maybe he's taking it hard. This isn't to Drew. This is something I've said before that comment. But if you're not going to thrive, in a, if, if you're going to fail because of a competition, well, then you're just not the guy anyway. Uh, and so I don't think Locke's taking it hard. Um, what I do think is he's trying to be someone else right now. And if he continues to do that, he's going to lose this job. A hundred percent. He's, I don't think he's afraid of the competition. I think he's afraid of making mistakes. Right. Because of what it means with the competition. So it's, yeah, there's a little bit of that. Um, Drew needs to figure out how do I be the best version of Drew Locke? Not how do I be more like Teddy Bridgewater? He said he's a calculated gunslinger. That's the word he used earlier this week. The calculations are off. The gunslinger still has to be there. Yes. It, it, it can't just be the calculated part. If, if Drew Locke last year went out and threw 15 interceptions but had 30 touchdowns, we'd be like, okay, we want to see the interceptions come down, but we love where he's at. What's funny That's is— That's the starting point, Ryan, is, is that. When was the best we saw Drew Locke last year, like in the game? Um, uh, the fourth the quarter second, yep, when they're yep, down yep. and he just lets it rip. Yep. Now, again, you talk about prevent defense, all that stuff. There is some of that involved. Um, but Drew, like it can't be. I used to always get so mad um, when the Nuggets had J.R. Smith and George Carl would bring him in when they were like down 20 and just be like, All right, right. go shoot some threes. Right. And, you know, he'd hit a few and it wouldn't be enough. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't be that right. you can't let it rip once you're down 20 yep. and you need to make something happen like make something happen mm-hmm. so you're not in that position mm-hmm. yeah really cool story that uh that peyton manning told on the fan to zach by and our friend brandon stokely yesterday was he said that the no huddle offense was founded by the they would go down early like i think this was 2002 or something they go down 14-0 and then they would go into the no huddle because they had to come back and then after doing that two straight weeks, Peyton said uh, to, I believe, Jim Mora, he said, why don't we just start like this? Yeah. And then, boom, there you go. Why don't they build the whole plane out of the black box? <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. I we think have two more. Two okay. More. All right. We got to go. You got, you got to answer faster. Sorry. Um, we try to be thorough. Chris <laughs> said, do you think it's a fair assessment to say that the time to really hit the panic button if, is if the QBs look awful against Minnesota in scrimmage? I would just wait for the game. One week. Eight days from yep. now, we'll know. Yeah. Wait for the game. We'll see what happens in the game. Yeah. Um, if they get smacked around by Minnesota in the game and the quarterbacks look bad, I mean, I kind of already pressed it, so uh, <laughs> I don't know where I go from here. I think everyone uh, else will be jumping on board. I think, yeah. Or exactly. jumping off. Yeah, jumping yeah. off board. Yeah, come join me in the open waters. <laughs> in the sinking ship. <laughs> okay, last question here um, from Capwise. Do yes. Judy or Sutton go over 1,000 receiving yards? Yes, and I, I have to instantly answer that. Jerry Judy is a number one receiver in this league. Yeah. And I think it's – I don't even know if it's a hot take anymore, but Jerry Judy's the best wide receiver on this team now, and he's going to be at the end of the year as well. If I worked for the team and I had to do a podcast after today's practice, I would have just done <laughs> an hour Judy. on Draymond Judy. <laughs> 
<laughs> because uh, you can't say anything bad. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I was just, you know, those are the two guys who are really exciting on this team. Yeah. Um, and Judy is number one. I mean, far and away, the most exciting player on this team. And I'm, I can't wait to watch him do some some great things out there. Always. Up with, oh, I don't even want to know what these quarterbacks look like through camp if they don't have Jerry Judy because <laughs> he, has, he has been so good. I mean, literally, I think like 95% of the, the routes he's open. Which, again, we go back to last year. No, I'm not going to end on a bad note. <laughs> We're going to end on the good note of Jerry Judy being freaking awesome. Um, let's see what happens in Minnesota. Maybe they do get that wake up call that I think they desperately, desperately need. And it turns things around for the rest of camp. So that'll be my, um, my, op- uh, my <laughs> heading positive into the spin weekend. heading into the weekend. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning into the live. We are going to hop over to the podcast. All right, Zach, you know what I need right now? A drink. Yes, <laughs> I need a drink and not just any drink. I need a party mark from our mm, friends over at illegal Pete's Yes, 32 ounce. House margarita. From them, that'll be a drink. That'll be enough of a drink. <laughs> that'll get me uh, back into some Friday vibes, I'm thinking. Um, there's all sorts of great stuff over there. Maybe I'm a little hangry, too. I'll get some, get myself a steak and potato burrito, some green chili on there, maybe some queso, get a Colorado style. Um, there's all sorts of great stuff at Illegal Pete's. Head on down there. And what's cool is if you're going to any event, let's say you're going to the Rockies game tonight. Yes, they're still at home. Uh, you can bring in your ticket, and they're going to hook you up uh, with a free marg or a draft beer when you order an adult entree and show your same-day ticket uh, to that event. It's a pretty sick deal. So head on down to Illegal Pete's. Get yourself a party marg to uh, drink away that practice. Though. Man, and speaking of things that will make you feel happier, maybe not help with the hangries, but it will make you feel happier, <laughs> is visit our friends over at Solace Meds, and they've got some awesome deals for you in the month of August. They've got Dixie Elixirs, two for $30. They've got Spectra, 20% off. Ripple, 25% off. Silver Shelf Flower, 15% off. And, of course, Connoisseur Shelf Concentrates, 15% off. And, Ryan, if you visit the location in Wheat Ridge, you'll get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you go as well. And on top of all of that, use the code DNVR20 to get 20% off plus those other discounts. So make sure to check them out. That'll certainly get your weekend kicked off better than RK's. <laughs> and make sure you check out Strava Craft Coffee. It'll give you all that boost you need from the coffee without giving you the jitters. The CBD infusion in there uh, not only will help you stay calm after you have your coffee, but it will help you uh, with some ailments. Maybe you have chronic back pain or you know some knee aches. Um, what you do is you have that Strava Craft coffee every morning. You'll get that CBD in your bloodstream just flowing around and, uh, and helping you with so many different things. So check out Strava Craft coffee and use the code DNVR25 to get a quarter of your purchase for free. Brian, something that'll help all of us is jumping into the comment section. Let's do that right now. How to leave a comment. Go to thednvr.com. At the top of the screen, you'll see a podcast tab. Click that. Click on Broncos Podcast. The first one that pops up, click on that podcast. Scroll to the bottom, and if you are a member, a comment section will magically appear, and you leave your comments there. And let's talk to the people that have done that, Ryan. First one coming in from Melbourne Bronco. Hi, guys. Has Teddy ever had... A, a receiving group, and top three defense like we have now. My point is, I think he can become the quarterback we all want with the weapons on offense and a defense that will keep oppos- opposing teams' scores down. Cheers. No, I don't think he has had the weaponry that is available to him or a defense that good. I will say the the 
the offense he had up there um, with Minnesota, I think, was even better for him because he had Adrian Peterson run for 1,600 yards that year. That'll help. Um, and then he also had a young Stephon Diggs on that team. Kyle Rudolph was on that team. So that was a very competent offense. And they had the one thing that I think – well, you and Mace think that this is going to be a big part of the offense. I don't know. I, again, I'm in show-me mode. I got to see them like successfully run the ball against Minnesota or something mm -hmm. before I believe this is a run-first team successfully. Um, but when you can just hand the ball off to AP – over and over and over again, it's going to make your life a lot easier than even having Jerry Judy and Court and Sutton. Yeah, with, without a doubt. Now, what needs to happen, though, is in order to get these weapons to to take the ball and do good things with it, is you can't just be this check down offense. Right. You, have to, you have to show a threat so that the defense gives some respect to Jerry Judy, to K.J. Hamler's speed, to Noah Fant. And then if, they're, if everyone's just stacked in the box – then you're not going to get any separation at the line. They know the quarterback's not going to th go throw deep, so they don't have to protect that. And then that hurts that run game, Ryan. So that you do have to have that deep game. That's just why I really hate Drew uh, t stepping back and not doing that. Mm -hmm. Next one is from The Count. Yes, he says, Bum Talk Friday returns. There's two kinds of coaches, them that's fired and them that's going to be fired. Bum Phillips. I fear that our dearest Fangio may fit into one of these categories. Love the count. And, boy, the count left this before today's practice and knowing your feelings, Ryan. Yeah, um, that is definitely the way I walked away from practice, thinking, wow, they need some young blood in here to just infuse this team with some energy. We could see an owner change next year. We could see a head coach change. We could see a new quarterback. That's like three of the four components of an organization, the biggest components. And this time next year, it would not be a shock if three of the four were different. And, I mean, we've talked about it. There's no guarantee that the GM will be in place, though. <laughs> yeah. I really think a new owner would be smart enough to hold on to him. He would be. He certainly would be. Sebastian Airbay says, my boys, uh, Cynthia Fruled raked. Freeland. Oh, oh Freeland ranked all 32 running back rooms and had the Broncos at 12. Do you agree with that? Thanks and have a great day. Much love, Sebastian. That's uh, very nice of her. Really? Wow. I think, I think that's about right. I, I think mean, the Broncos should be top 10. Should be. But that includes Javante Williams becoming something. We mm -hmm. don't know what he is yet. Uh-huh. Um, so... To me, saying they're at 12 is giving a, him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Of saying, okay, well, he's going uh. to be a positive addition. Now, again, I know I've been very negative today. I'm not saying that he's not going to be by any stretch. I really like the way he looks out there. But you just never know with those guys. So you've got Melvin Gordon, who is a productive number one running back. Mm -hmm. And then you have two question marks. One, you hope to be answered. I think that their ceiling is certainly well within the top 10. Um, but 12, I think, is a, is a fair, if not slightly on the optimistic side, place for them. Okay, I'm going to be optimistic, or the way that I view it. You have the fourth highest paid running back in the NFL in Melvin Gordon this year in terms of cap hit, and you trade it up in the second round to get Javante Williams. You could say that's potential, and sure, it, it is potential. We haven't seen him play a snap, but those two guys should combine to be in the top 10. Now, I'm not saying because I think to be like number one, you got to have a true best running back in the league. So I'm not saying they should be in top five, but they really should be in the top 10. Okay. Especially with how much I think they're going to try to rely on the run. 
I love the idea. I love the idea of relying on the run. It's a lot easier in uh, theory than it is in execution. I don't really even like the idea of relying on the run, Ryan. But that's just how this team is. This team is built for an older coaching staff with older philosophies, and it's not. 2020 football it's not even close to 2020 football building on defense in a running game that's what the broncos are doing right now and i don't really like that but that's the team they are but i like the idea of running the ball and winning through running the ball because it really breaks down your opponent um it's like very disheartening when you can't stop a team from gaining five yards on the ground it is but that's tough i mean there are very few teams that can do that and in 2021 it's a lot easier to pass the ball Mm mm-hmm Yeah, without a doubt. Dan Burke says, hey, guys. Okay, so this is purely hypothetical, and luckily the Broncos don't have to deal with this. But say that Mike Munchak and Bill Kohler approached the Broncos for a pay raise, and the team could only pay one, the one they didn't give a raise to quits. I think most people will lean toward Munchak, but I'd probably go Kolar. Bowles is one thing, but I think there's more consistent player development under Kolar, and Kolar brings more energy to the overall coaching staff. What do y'all think? Speaking of energy and coaching staff. Yeah. Um, one, I, I don't know how much uh, fuel Biller has left in the tank. Um, so I, I just because, I mean, merely because I think Mike Munchak has like 20 more years of coaching in him. Maybe at least ten. I think I go Munchak. I'm going Munchak. I mean, he's the, he's the best in the game, and I and I know Deshaun Williams after practice today said that they have the best defensive line coach in Bill Kolar. Mm-hmm. Very well could be the case. I mean, you look at Shelby uh, McTelvin Ajim now turning it on. Uh, Deshaun Williams getting his hands up, batting balls down. That's all Bill Kolar. But the work done with Garrett Bowles, I don't know how you discount that at all. I mean, it's like a all-time renovation project. It is. From a guy who we thought, if there's anyone can that, that can pull off this miracle, is the way it was viewed. It's Mike Munchak, and he did it. What's a, like, extreme home makeover? Oh, right, yeah. You know, they, like, they, they have this, like, crappy house or whatever, then they go away, and then they go in and they change the whole house, and they, like, reveal it. Yeah. If we had actually gotten that Bulls experience where we didn't see, like, right, we saw right. second-year Garrett Bulls, and then we, we, we went away, and then Mike Munchak, like, unveiled Garrett Bulls. Like, we'd be the ones in tears. Yeah, I was going to say crying. Yes. There's a lot of crying. Oh, my God. It's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, that would be John crying. John Elway just crying. Yes, <laughs> this you. is what I saw. Our home. It's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, man. That's good. Next one coming in from Lionel Hutt's attorney at law. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Quick question on the quarterback scoreboard. Will the preseason games have any additional weight, or will it still be a standard split of 10 points? Didn't we crank it up to 15? I think it was 20. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's definitely – live bullets yeah. are worth way more. It's getting cranked up. And it's going to have to be in the coach's eyes too, so we might as well. Ex- well, and I think what we did is we followed the coaching yep. staff, what they said. So at the time, Van – no. Coop. Was it – no, it was – Coop. It was Coop. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. We're getting old here. That's, at the time, Coop said, like, we're heavily weighting these games. Yeah. So that was our cue. Okay, we'll heavily weight the games. Right, right. And it, uh, I just think he's going to have to come out and say that next week because there's going to be no separation there's between none. these guys. So he's going to have to say we're relying on these games. And, again, while we talk about um, every little throw and every little detail and we come out with a score – I don't think they're they're scoring it like that. I think they're just scoring it from like a bird's eye view, saying like, is one guy better? Not really. Right. I agree. 
Next one from Bronco and SF. Sorry you had a rough day, RK. I think it's clear that Drew just doesn't have the mental ability to play NFL quarterback at a high level. No offense to Drew. I don't have to be an astrophysicist. Or I, don't have to, I don't have the mind to be an astrophysicist either. But you don't see people expecting me to wake up tomorrow and work for NASA. Time for people to adjust expectations and not expect Drew to wake up a new quarterback. That's not how life works. Are there extreme outliers? Sure. But it's stupid to bank on being the outlier. And that's kind of what people say about Josh Allen is, look, he turned it on. And there are outliers, kind of like Bronco and SF is saying. Drew has to do it this year, though. I don't think he, he's he's not going to be given another shot if it's not this year. And he's not even given this it's year. It's not even this year. It's like right. it has to be this week. Right. Yeah. Like, that's how that's kind of the point we're reaching. And again, I, I will wait before I put a stamp on it to see what you come to, come up with with when because you tallied every single rep. I think the coaches are already leaning towards Teddy. And that actually bugs me, too, because if you're leaning one way, just go. I agree. especially, And they know it, too. They yeah. know how much it's hurting them. And the offensive players and the quarterbacks know. And these guys, they're not going to come out and say, we need to make a decision soon. The quarterbacks aren't going to put that pressure on them because Drew's turned into a totally different guy during this quarterback competition where he he's not going to be the aggressive one on the field, off the field. And you mentioned something earlier, and I think this is sadly the story with Drew right now, and that is the processor. That's what's holding him back. It's not his arm. It's not his footwork anymore. It's the processor. He has to be able to go bang, bang, bang. And what I see happens with him, and you see it in those seven-on-sevens where he doesn't let it rip, he's not keeping his feet active and I just – I don't know if that's necessarily a footwork issue as much as it is he's thinking. And so he's thinking, and, and kind of the other stuff is, is falling down as he's thinking. You don't have time to think. Now, again, there are examples of quarterbacks who has just come on for them. Now, the only way that's going to work for him is if he gets out there and keeps playing. Right. Let's say he goes out there and he gets a confidence builder against the Giants in week one. He goes and outplays his classmate – um, I mean that in terms of draft classmate in Daniel Jones. Then they go out there the next week in Jacksonville and he, you know, beats up on a lesser defense and then you get the jets and he goes ham on them. Well, then all of a sudden, maybe it's a confidence thing that gets going and he feels better and then he plays better and, and the processor is coming along. But right now that to me is his biggest issue. And it's not necessarily something that the coaches can teach him. No, it, it, it's not. It's not. And you just hope it's not something that the coaches are holding him back on right now is being himself. Or I don't think the coaches are holding him back, but it's pretty clear something's in his head. And that's not what he needs this next week. He needs to go out and be a calculated gunslinger, which pretty much means just be a really good quarterback. Right. Uh, calculated means- <laughs> gunslinger is just like every quarterback. That's is, good. Is make, is make the deep throws and also make the checkdowns and don't throw the ball away. Yeah. Or do, don't turn the ball over. Well, if you need to speed up your processor, there's no better place to go than MSU Denver. MSU Denver Online will help you get a rigorous and affordable online education. Taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom, MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. Some of our very own staff members at DNVR have taken classes over there and loved it. So check out msudenver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer. I apologize. For the uh, tough love podcast today, but it is what it is. I gave you, I shot you guys straight. I want you guys to know exactly what we saw out there. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with another one, and uh, hopefully, it's better.
Good luck tonight, RK. All right, see you guys later. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.